0: From Spam 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 Humbug, I'm Kenneth Cooley, better known as WTF Dragon, and this is a complete reading of Andrea Cantato's Through the Moongate.
1: Chapter 6. The Difficult Chronology of the Dawn of the CRPG. Either the game was omitted from the list for some reason or by accident, or it didn't sell much more, maybe even less than a thousand copies, at least not until it was bundled with later Ultima games, which happened quite early. The legendary rarity, the original, also seems rather suspicious. Sam Derbu. Ultima, Wizardry, The Black Onyx, and the origin of JRPGs. Although the history of
0: Akalabeth's birth is quite famous, Thanks to the abundance of details provided by its creator whenever he describes the circumstances that led him to selling his software commercially for the first time, some elements remain unclear. In particular, the exact sequence of events and the date on which a copy of that first version of a Akalabeth produced for Computerland arrived in the hands of Al Remmers. Richard Garriott has always stated that the fateful phone call which kickstarted his career as a professional programmer came at the end of summer in 1979. According to Richard, freshly contacted by Remmers, he removed unsold copies from Computerland's shelves and went to CPCC's headquarters to sign the contract. In a few weeks the game would be put on sale with new artwork instead of the drawing made by his mother for the homemade version. And after signing the commercial agreement, Richard would then leave for the University of Austin, where at the beginning of 1980, he would take his first steps into the Society for Creative Anachronism, meeting many of the people who would inspire him to create the characters of his later game, Ultima. This is the best-known version of the story of Garriott's early career, but it suffers from some fairly obvious discrepancies. For example, A Calibeth World of Doom was only published in 1980 and not a few weeks after the end of summer of the previous year, despite Garriott's recollection. In addition, the game sold by CPCC didn't appear in Apple II magazines until January of 1981. This fact implies that its commercialization actually took place in the second half of 1980, and not in the first months of the same year, as per Garriott's chronology. The first edition of the game, the one offered for sale in Computerland, is actually dated 1980 on both the floppy disk labels and on the boot screen, just like the first edition of the CPCC version. It is also dated 1980. The CPCC edition is in all aspects very similar to Garriott's self-produced one. The Castle edition differed only with the inclusion of a sheet with the artwork, as well as a small reworking of the manual that Richard had written and that his mother had accompanied with drawings. Furthermore, CPCC itself was not incorporated into the State of California Register until November 21st of 1980, while SoftCell Computer Products Incorporated, the distributor Al Remmers relied on to sell his products, had only been incorporated a few weeks earlier, October 1st, 1980, by David S. Wagman. SoftCell would soon become one of the most important distributors in North America in the rapidly expanding market of microcomputer software. The second edition of A Calibith, released by CPCC, featuring the artwork of Dennis LeBay, came the following year. The demon painting had actually only appeared in the May-June 1980 issue of Space Gamer, without any reference to Richard Garriott's game. Even inside the magazine, despite the presence of a column called Deus Ex Machina, dedicated to computer gaming, there were no references to the Texan programmer or his debut work. Garriott also said he was a fan of Bill Budge and knew about the company publishing his games before being called by Remmers. Bill Budge, however, began programming games in 1979, producing clones of major arcade games on his Apple II. When he showed Apple his Penny Arcade, a clone of the very popular game Pong, the managers offered Budge the opportunity to publish the game, along with others, in the Apple Tapes a booklet distributed with the Apple II Plus as of June 1979. Budge's collaboration with Remmers started only a few months later, when the latter offered to sell Budge's games door-to-door. All of this raises a big question, shared by other researchers such as Jimmy Mayer and Sam Durbu. Namely, did the events that Garriott set in the summer of 1979 happen in a handful of hectic weeks from June to September, or... Did they evolve over 12 months between June of 1979 and the end of summer 1980? The purchase of the Apple II Plus, just released in June of 1979, the experience of Escape by Silas Warner, the reworking of DD 28 into DD 28B with the addition of a first person view for Dungeons, the employment of Computerland, the appreciation expressed by John Mayer and the consequent publication of a Calibeth, the intervention of Al Remmers and the signing of the contract with CPCC. It seems likely then that the fateful telephone call by which Richard was invited to visit CPCC's offices did not come at the end of summer 1979, a few days after the sale of the 12 self-made copies of A Calibeth, but most likely occurred during the summer of the following year. Garriott, in his Explore-Create memoirs, recalls that... He worked at the Computerland store in the summer of 1979 and helped the owner sell Commodore 64, Apple II, and Soul 20 computers. This is another mix up on his part, since the Commodore 64 was sold for the first time in the summer of 1982. Another important model of Commodore, the VIC 20, was, however, presented to the public in June of 1980, although for a limited commercial release to Japan under the name VIC 1001. In his memoirs, Garriott also recalls the time plan by which CPCC reissued a Calibeth and put it on sale.
1: Within weeks, a Calibeth was being distributed nationally. When the game was published in the fall of 1980, it very quickly became successful, and people began wondering about the true identity of Lord British. Around this time, in a
0: clever advertising move, Remmers and Garriott proposed a quiz in the magazine Soft Talk. The quiz was printed in the January 1981 issue, a few months after the publication of the game, in which they asked the public to guess who Lord British really was, starting with a simple first clue.
1: Lord British is not a resident of the Silicon Gulch. Evidently,
0: no one was able to identify the real name of Lord British, and with the next edition in
1: February, Soft Talk gave a second hint. Lord British attends the largest university in the state of friendship.
0: The quiz caught the attention of many and probably boosted a Calibeth's sales, prompting CBCC to issue a second edition, this time changing the cover. None of the participants in the quiz came close to the right answer, Although some did surprise Garriott.
1: One example was unusually clever. The AKA in the title stood for the well known phrase, also known as, LA, of course, is Los Angeles, and Beth must be the creator's name. Therefore, it was a woman named Elizabeth who lived in Los Angeles. It was a great answer, even if completely wrong. For
0: this ingenious but inaccurate guess, the reader named Akibirambin Schwartz American likely using an alias created with the same mechanics proposed for the quiz, won a consolation prize of $50. After awarding the secondary prize, Softalk continued to publish further clues in March, without anyone being able to win the real prize.
1: He and his home city are closely related to present and future Blastoff. He works at a store at the King's Highway near the city of the Clear Lake in the Land of Computers. Computerland knows him as the son of the Skylab. And if you call, you'll know him too.
0: So, what is the exact chronology surrounding the publication of a Akalabeth? In light of the information gathered up till now, there are two possibilities. The first possibility is that Richard Garriott recounted the succession of events correctly and only made a mistake in his recollection of the year that Al Remmers phoned him. In this case, one of the copies produced for Computerland would have taken almost a year to reach the CPCC founder's desk and convince him to contact the young programmer to propose a distribution contract. The second possibility, however, is that the events leading up to the creation and initial release of Calibeth. Buying the Apple II Plus, experiencing Escape, making the transition from DD 28 to DD 28B took place in the summer and school year of 1979, while the actual sale at Computerland took place more towards the beginning of summer in 1980, moving that limited first commercial release of a Calabeth up by almost a year. If in fact this were the case, it would change little as Temple of Apshai would still hold the record of being the first role-playing game for microcomputers, having been put on sale nationwide in August of 1979. Meanwhile, according to the timeline proposed by Richard Garriott, a Calibeth would have been exhibited exclusively on Computerland shelves in Houston. Although it came second place in the history of role-playing computer games, a Calibeth had a far greater influence than Dungeon Quest, which quickly declined and disappeared a few years later with the entire series eventually being withdrawn from the market. As the foundation of the Ultima series, though not officially part of it, the game system for Akalabeth would have greatly influenced subsequent titles, giving generations of programmers and game designers a blueprint for CRPGs. Upon its arrival in the East, it popularized role-playing computer games and renewed its style and form several times, eventually landing in the online world and changing the way we play forever. To learn more, subscribe to Spam 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 Humbug on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Anchor.fm at Anchor.fm ssshpodcast Podcast or at Spam 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 Humbug.com. To find out more about Through the Moongate, visit Thera.it. That's T H E I R A.it. You can also find the book on Amazon. And, of course, you can learn more about the book and its author at andreacantato.com. That's A-N-D-R-E-A-C-O-N-T-A-T-O dot com. A big thank you to author Andrea Cantato for not only undertaking the effort of writing through the Moongate, but also for agreeing to allow for it to be read to you in this and following Spam 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 Humbug episodes. Tune in in a couple weeks' time for the next chapter.
1: I'm going to make some games and I'll show them to you when I'm done.